Welcome to Central Assembly of God's podcast. We pray this message speaks to you. You know, I was thinking about something this morning. I was thinking about revival. And I've been thinking about this for the last couple of weeks. We, we tend in church to think revival is something that we have every so often. We have these weeks, these drawn-out week meetings. And that's true. Revival can happen then. But what happens when revival takes place is that there needs to be an outpouring first. There cannot be any kind of revival. Revival can never hit in a city, in a church, in a community, unless there's an outpouring first. And I was thinking about this. God just was downloading this into my spirit this morning when I woke up. You know, over in the book of Acts, the disciples were told to go wait in the upper room. They got filled with the Spirit. They got empowered stumbled out of the upper room down into the city streets to where 300 people got saved in the street. See, what happens here in this church is going to spill out into the streets. Come on now. What happens in here is going to spill out into the streets. So guess what we need more than anything this weekend? We need an outpouring. We need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We need that fresh wind of the Holy Spirit this morning. Amen? I want to, they're going to put up the scripture verses for us this morning here. But I just want to, if you guys could just go ahead and start putting that up now. I want to read to you a song that was written over a hundred years ago. If I was to mention a man named William Booth, how many of you have ever heard of William Booth before? Not too many hands would go up on that. But if I was to mention the Salvation Army, pretty much every hand would go up, right? Well, William Booth, who, who started the Salvation Army, he wrote a song over 100 years ago, and I got it here on my phone, and I want to read these lyrics to you. He wrote a song over 100 years ago called Send the Fire. You probably have heard this song before. It goes, O oh God of burning, cleansing flame, send the fire. Your blood-bought gift today we claim, send the fire today. Look down and see this waiting host. I want to ask you, does God see a waiting host here this morning? I believe he does. I believe he does. With that worship this morning, I believe he does. Amen says, look down and see this waiting host and send the promised Holy Ghost. We need another Pentecost. How many know we need another Pentecost in our AG churches again? Send the fire today. O God of Elijah, hear our cry. Send the fire and make us fit to live or die. Send the fire today to burn up every trace of sin, to bring the light and the glory in. Let the revolution now begin. Send the fire today. It's fire we want. It's fire we plead. Send the fire. The fire will meet our every need. Send the fire today for strength to always do what's right and for grace to conquer in the fight, for power to walk this world in what? White. Send the fire today. Amen. My friends, that is... My heart cry today that what William Booth sang over a hundred years ago would be made real to us today. That God would send the fire. Amen. Let's take a look at our first verse here today. They're going to put it up. We're going to be over here in Leviticus chapter 6, verse 8 through 13. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command Aaron and his son, saying, This is the law of the burnt offering. The burnt offering shall be on the hearth of the altar all night until morning, and the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. Go on. And the priest shall put on his linen garments and his linen trousers. He shall put on his body and take up the ashes of the burnt offering, which the fire has consumed on the altar. And he shall put them beside the altar. Then he shall take off his garments, put on his other garments, and carry the ashes outside the camp to a clean place. And the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order on it. And he shall burn on it the fat of the peace offering. Verse 13. A fire shall always be burning. It shall never go out. Now I want you to notice here, three times God told Moses, don't let the fire go out. Don't let the fire go out, Moses. Don't let the fire go out. And then in verse 13, he says, the fire shall always, you see that there? It shall always be burning, and it shall what? Never go out. My friends, that is God's desire for the church today. 
He does not want the fire of God to go out. But the sad reality is, in some of our Assembly of God churches, the fire has gone out. They don't want to hear about Pentecost. They don't want to hear about no revival fire. They don't want nothing. Now, if you look at this, it, it says, it's looked like Moses had to go through a lot of stuff to get this fire going, didn't it? Come on now, right? You got to go do this. You got to take this out to the camp. You got to put on this garment. You got to take off that garment, do this, do that. It seemed like there was a lot of process, right, Pastor Kurt? To get this fire going, to keep it going. Maybe that's sometimes our problem, my friend. We don't want to have to go through the process of what it takes to get the fire burning and to keep it burning. We're like, ah, I got a little bit of spark here, and then we just let it just fizzle out. My friends, that's never been part of God's plan. It's always been God's plan to keep the fire burning and to never let it go out. He kept on reminding Moses this, don't let it go out, don't let it go out, don't let it go out. So how much more clear does God have to be with us this morning not to let the fire go out? Amen? Amen? Amen. You know, I think what happens sometimes is we get so burned out on life. Come on now. Come on now. We get so burned out on life that we've allowed the fire of God to go out. We got exams at school tomorrow morning. We got to take the kids to daycare. We got to do this. We got to do that. We got to make lunches. We got to get ready for work in the morning. And we get so burned out on life that we've allowed the fire to go out. Amen. Come on now, you either say amen or owe me. Yes. Amen. Amen. My friends, but I got good news for you. I believe God still just got that little spark in there. That he wants to get that baby burning bigger and brighter this morning than it ever has before in your life. Amen. Amen. I want you to take a look at the next verse here. I told Pastor Kurt, I love, I love scripture, and I use probably way too much of it. So you guys are going to get a whole bunch. So if you're taking notes this morning, you got a lot of notes to take. Take a look at Leviticus chapter 9 here. It says, Moses and Aaron then went into the tent of meeting when they came out. They blessed the people, and the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. Now, I want to stop there real quick. We're going to be talking about strange fire here. How many of you have ever seen some strange fire? Come on. Anybody ever seen any strange fire? I know Pastor Kurt's not going to put up with any of that. Amen? But I've, I've had other pastors tell me, well, I'd rather have a little bit of strange fire than no fire at all. Sometimes strange fire has got to be dealt with, though. Amen? Take a look at this. It says here that when they, when they came out, the, they blessed the people and the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. Now, if you're taking notes, I want you to remember this. There's going to be a reoccurring theme here this morning. Every time the fire of God shows up, the glory of God shows up with it. Let me say that one more time. Every time the fire of God shows up, the glory of God shows up with it. It's going to be a reoccurring theme of what we see this morning. It says the people, the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. The fire came out from the presence of the Lord. Where's the fire come from? Well, now, if you're in the presence of God, huh? that's where the fire is at, right? The fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed the burnt offering, the fat portions on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted for joy and fell on their faces. I've seen the fire of God fall in places before, and everybody was, I'm talking, jumping in but you would see like one guy sitting in the back just digging out dirt from underneath his fingernails. And you're thinking to yourself, what in the world, dude? Are you in the same church service as I am right now? What's going on here? But we see here that God fell in a, in a mighty powerful way and the people began to praise God, didn't they? Huh? They, they praised him, right? Wasn't that when the glory of God fell and the fire of God came, the automatic response of the people was what? To praise him. So that should be your automatic response. When the fire of God shows up, amen? amen? Now, take a look at this next verse. This is Leviticus chapter 9. We're going to sc scoot over here to Leviticus chapter 10. Just one chapter over. Some Bible teachers and scholars teach that this was only three minutes time from one another. It wasn't very long, Cherise. Luck can happen in three minutes, right? Luck can happen, as you can see. Watch this. 
Aaron's sons took their censers, put fire in them, and added incense, and they offered up unauthorized fire before the Lord, contrary to his command. So fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. So we see in Leviticus 9 that God shows up in this mighty, powerful way. The glory falls. The fire of God shows up. The people praise God. And within just a few minutes over in chapter 10, somebody messes it up. They messed it up. Strange fire. They, put, they, they offered up unauthorized fire and messed up the whole rotation. They messed up the whole move that God had going on. I've seen that happen before. I've seen the move of God happen. And just, I'm talking, people were entering in and then just one person just messes it up. I was preaching a few years back and uh, I was at a church service. I've never, never in the whole time I've ever pastored or traveled have I ever lost control of an altar call? But this one time, I lost complete control. That I, it, I couldn't get it back. It was just complete pandemonium going on. And the pastor looked over at me, and he had a thumbs up. He's like, it's good. I was like, oh, my. But the strangest thing out of this, what happened at this altar call, was there was this lady that went around. And I thought she attended the church there. It turned out this was her first day there. She never went to church there. And she was walking around the congregation, face-palming them. Just, I'm talking like, literally, like, just popping them in the face. And they're they're not going down, so you know they ain't the Holy Ghost, you know? And here's what ends up happening. This lady goes over to this young lady, and she looks at her and says, you've never had a child, and God's going to give you one right now. And she had this lady get down on the floor and go through all the motions of childbirth. I'm talking noises, everything that goes with childbearing, that's what was going on right there. And she supposedly gave birth in the spirit realm to a baby and she held it in her arms and coddled it and all that. That's strange fire, my friends. Amen. Amen. I promise you, Pastor Kurt, there will be no spiritual babies this morning, okay? <laughs> So we see that there's strange fire sometimes, right? And let me tell you something. I, I have no problems with manifestations of the Spirit of God. I used to be one of those people where I saw somebody that act like they were drunk in the Spirit. I said, that is crazy. That is weird. I ain't going for that stuff. And then one day God got a hold of me. I said, that laughing stuff, I don't go for that, Pastor Kurt. I don't go for that. And then one day God got a hold of me. I couldn't stop. I don't consider it to that strange fire. That's manifestations of the Spirit. We're going to touch a little bit on that tonight, though. Let's go ahead and go to the next one. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29. For our God is a consuming fire. You know what boggles my mind? God, who is a consuming fire, lives on the inside of me, and I'm not burned up at the same time. Come on now. Come on. That should just blow your mind right there. God is a consuming fire. He's a big fireball living on the inside of you, and you're not burned up at the same time. Right? How many of you have ever heard of a term called spontaneous combustion before? Raise your hand if you've ever heard that term before. That's where somebody catches on fire from the inside out, and all you find is like a pair of tennis shoes or something. At least that's what the textbooks say. I don't know. But aren't you glad that God, who lives on the inside of you, who's a consuming fire, that you aren't burned up at the same time. That is a miracle within, you know, Pastor Adam was talking about the miracles this morning of God. That's a miracle within itself that we have God living on the inside of us and we're not consumed by fire. Huh? Take a look at this next one. You know, we just started done talking about God being a consuming fire. I love this verse. When I found this, this became like one of my favorite verses of all time. The sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. In other words, Pastor Kurt, everybody that was there that day was able to witness and experience and examine the fire of God firsthand for themselves. So take a look at it like this. There shouldn't be one person here this morning who walks out those doors saying, I just didn't have an encounter with God this morning. That shouldn't be you. It says here that they all witnessed it. They they, they had to... They witnessed it with their own eyes. 
Well, what did they witness? They witnessed the glory of God and that consuming fire. Remember how I said the glory of God and the fire of God, they, they go hand in hand, my friends. If you look that word glory up in the Hebrew, it means kabod. How many have ever heard the word kabod before? Raise your hand if you've ever heard kabod. Kabod means a heavy, weighty presence of the Almighty. In other words, a heavy weightiness that you know that you know that you know that you've had an encounter with God. Amen. How many of you have ever had that kabod presence before in your life? That you knew that you knew that heavy weightiness that you knew that you've had an encounter with God. And that's what they were experiencing here. How many of you remember the story of Moses when he saw the burning bush? You remember that story? You remember what Moses said to himself? He writes about it. He writes about himself saying this. I always thought that was pretty interesting. It says that Moses said to himself, I will go see why the bush is burning and not being completely what? Consumed at the same time. You know what God did there? God had Moses get up from where he was at because he wasn't standing right next to the bush. He had him get up from where he was at and go over to this bush that's on fire. Now, this is pretty strange that Moses at the time, because he never saw anything like this. And he's watching this bush that is burning. It's not being consumed. Nothing's burning up off of it. But God had him get up and walk over to it. Amen. See, sometimes what God will do is, is he'll have you get up right from where you're at to go experience and witness and examine the fire of God firsthand for yourself. Because see, sitting in that pew isn't going to do nothing for you this morning. He wants you to get up and witness, just like Moses. He wants you to go over, examine it, experience it. Exam Why is this? What is this thing? God requires that out of you this morning. Amen? 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 Amen. Let's go ahead and take a look at the next one. Let me ask you, how many of you have any enemies in here this morning? Anybody have any enemies? Nobody. That's good. Not even one hand going up? I, oh, one, two people. Well, yourself. <laughs> Take a look at this. Then the king sent to him a captain of 50 with his 50 men. So he went up to him, and there he was sitting on the top of a hill, and he spoke to, the, spoke to a man of God. The king has said, come down. So Elijah answered and said to the captain of 50, If I'm a man of God, let the fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50 men. And fire came down from heaven and consumed him and his 50. Go on. Then he sent to him another captain of 50 with his 50 men. And he answered and said to him, Man of God, thus said the king, come down quickly. So Elijah answered and said to the to them, if I'm a man of God, let the fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50. And the fire of God, you see that? The fire of God came down from heaven and consumed him and his 50. Go on to the next one. Again, he sent a third captain of 50 with his 50 men. I want to ask you something. From this passage, it looks like your enemies might be pretty stupid. <laughs> you know, fire comes down one time, I'd be running. Second time, but a third time? Your enemy's got to be pretty stupid to be messing with you if fire is falling, right? It says the fire of God came down. But look what happens here. It says, and the third captain of 50 went up. At least this guy, he's, he's got some common sense here. Came and fell on his knees before Elijah and pleaded with him. And he said, man of God, please let the life of these 50 servants of yours be precious in your sight. See, what will happen is, is people will see the fire of God on you like that Elijah had. But they ain't going to want to mess with you. See, right now why people are messing with you is because they don't see nothing in your life that says, why can't I just poke this guy and just, he, he ain't no bear, he ain't going to do nothing to me. So let me ask you something. If you walk in the fire of God, I want to tell you that your enemies aren't going to mess with you. They ain't going to have nothing on you. They're not going to be able to come against you. If you're walking, see, Elijah knew what it was to walk in the fire of God. He did. This isn't the first time he, he, he dabbled with some fire, amen? You remember what he said with the, uh, with, 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 with the, when they went up against the, the prophets of Baal, the 300 prophets of Baal? You remember what, what Elijah told them? He says, let the real God answer by what? Fire. 
See, he knew what it was to walk in the fire of God. He knew how to call on it. He knew how to walk in it. He knew how to that it would answer him. Amen. He knew what it was to walk in the fire of God. My friends, if you start walking in the fire of God, your friends won't have nothing on you this morning. But you got to get in it. You got to walk in it. You got to know how to call on it just like Elijah did. Amen. Look what happens here. Go go back one more, bud. It says here that they begged pretty much for mercy. See, you should be able to extend mercy to your enemies. Amen? Amen. Say, you know what? I'm going to plead on your behalf with God that he ain't going to come against you for coming against me. That's pretty much what's happening here. Amen? But I want to tell you, if you don't walk in the fire of God, your enemy's going to run all over you, my friends. Amen? Let's go to the next one. Go one more. The next thing the fire of God will bring us is a fresh revelation of who God is. Let me say that again. It will bring us a fresh revelation. How many want a fresh revelation of who God is this morning? A fresh revelation, a fresh knowledge, fresh insight. How many are just tired of walking around aimlessly, just not knowing what to do in life? Huh? Look what happens here. And it came in the sixth year, in the sixth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I sat in my house with the elders of Judah, sitting before me, that the hand of the Lord God fell upon me there. Father, I pray this morning, Lord, that this ground is so saturated this morning, Lord, that your hand is so upon us this morning, Father God, that you would fall in a mighty, powerful way this morning. Look what it goes on. It says, the Lord God fell upon me there. Verse 2, then I looked and there was the likeness, like the appearance of fire. And from his appearance, waist and downward like fire. And from his waist and upward, like the appearance of brightness, like the color of amber. He's talking about a man who looks like he's on fire. You know who he's talking about here? He's talking about the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. The same one Daniel saw, huh? With Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they all were thrown in the fiery furnace, and Nebuchadnezzar looked down there, and he says, I see four men down there, and one looks like who? The Son of God, the Son of Man, amen? And that's what's happening here. He sees this pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. I love what the Bible says over in Revelation chapter 2. It says that when John saw, his eyes were what? Come on. His eyes were flaming like fire. My friends, do you know why they see Jesus as that all-consuming fire? Because the Bible tells me over in Galatians chapter 3. Come on now. It tells me over in Galatians chapter 3 that Jesus Christ is the exact representation, the exact image of God. When we see God as that all-consuming fire, we should see our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as that all-consuming fire in our lives, walking and living and breathing inside us. So he sees this pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. Look what happens. Go to the next one. And he stretched out the form of a hand and took me by the locks of my hair. And the spirit lifted me up between the earth and the heaven and brought me in the visions of God to Jerusalem to the north gate of the inner court where the seat of the image of jealousy was. Now notice here, it says here that he grabbed me by the back of my hair and lifted me up. How many of you went when you were younger, your mom or dad used to grab you up by the back of the neck? Anybody want to testify? No, just a few. I see more hands testifying about that than anything else. Man, we got a bunch of bad boys and girls in here this morning. But it says he lifted me up by the back of my hair and showed me visions of God. See, my friends, what happened here was he took him up higher than where he was. How many know that we got to go up higher this morning? This whole week, this whole week is us going up higher. Come on now. Either say amen or oh me again. Look what happens here. It says that that he lifted me between the heavens and the earth and showed me visions. My friends, God wants to take you up higher this morning than you've ever been to show you the bigger picture this morning. There's a bigger picture that God wants you to see this morning. And if you sit in your chair and don't want to do nothing about it, you won't see what the bigger picture is. He's got to take you up higher now than you've ever been before. Look what happens. Just skip down to verse 4. It says, and behold, the glory of God. 
There it is again, my friends. When the fire of God shows up, the glory shows up with it. Amen. It says, the glory of God of Israel was there like the vision I had saw in the plain. I may know God wants to make things plain to you this morning. Huh? I may know you made your life way too tough. God wants to make it all plain to you this morning. He wants to lay it all out for you. He wants to give you something fresh this morning. A fresh revelation of who he is. A fresh insight, fresh knowledge on who he is, what he wants for you, what, what he has planned for your life. To walk out in that fire of God this morning. And be able to bathe and dwell in that glory. Mm. So we see that God wants to give us a fresh revelation this morning when we walk in that fire. Go to the next one. Malachi chapter 3. This is where we start getting into some messy stuff here. We start talking about sin. And sin sometimes in church nowadays is a dirty word. You don't talk about sin. Isn't it something? We can't even talk about sin anymore in church. I know Pastor Kurt's not like that, though. Amen? He's not like that. My friends, sin is sin. Amen? It's got to be dealt with. You know the best way to deal with it? the fire of God. Amen. <laughs> Look what happens here. Behold, I send my messenger and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. Now this is talking about Jesus Christ when he showed up on the earth the first time. But how many know he's coming back again? Come on now. He's closer to coming back today than what he was yesterday. We don't got a whole lot more time, my friends. We don't have any more time to be playing games. We got to get right with God right here and right now, this morning. Amen. Look what he says here. Even the messenger of my covenant, whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Go to the next one. But who can endure the day of his coming? Do you know who can endure the day of his coming? The answer is right at the bottom. An offering in righteousness. The Bible says we are now the righteousness of what? Huh? We are the righteousness of God. Isn't that what the word says? Amen. He made me righteous. What he did made me righteous. That's why I can stand before him when he appears. But look what it goes on. It says, who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire. Amen. See, my friends, the fire of God will clean your act up for you. Because I want to tell you, you can't do it on your own. I don't care if it's gossip gossiping, rubbing snuff. I don't care what it is, looking at pornos. I don't care what it is. You cannot clean up your own act this morning. You can try really hard, but the outcome will be you will utterly fail. That is the outcome. You cannot do it on your own. My friends, God wants to stick us in that fire this morning and begin to refine us. Stick us in that furnace. And start melting and molding and forming us to what he wants us to be. You know, there's all these different camps. There's the word of faith camp. There's the prophetic camp. There, there, the prophetic movement. There, there's the holiness movement. We have all these movements. Why can't all the movements come together? Huh? Why can't all the... I, I, why can't we kind of... Because I want to tell you, we need to know about holiness this morning. We need to know about faith this morning. We need to know how to move in the prophetic this morning. Amen? I can't, I know I'm getting a little off track here. But, but why can't we just bring these things together? Because I want to tell you, holiness is a big, major part that should be taking place in the church anymore. And we just don't talk about it anymore. Because we, we associate it with not wearing makeup and putting our hair up in a bun and wearing a long skirt. That's how we associate holiness. My friends, God wants to, us to be holy just as Amen. He is holy. Amen. He wants to stick us in that fire and make yes. us what He wants us yes. to be. Amen? Amen? Amen. 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 Look what it says here. And He's like a launderer's soap. How many of you, when you were younger, your mom or dad used to stick a bar of soap in your mouth? Nobody wants to. Oh, I got one little boy back here. That's fine. Don't, put your hand down, buddy. Put your hand down. Mommy don't want to be embarrassed in church. Don't do that. <laughs> How many know that sometimes we need that? Amen? Amen. 
Hey, there ain't nothing wrong with some soap in the mouth. I got that when I was a kid. I remember Irish Spring. You remember Irish Spring? That had to be the worst one ever. It was a toss-up between Irish Spring and, and Dial. Remember when Dial was a real... Now Dial's like a, a really light yellow. It used to be really dark. Go ahead and put up your... Is that your jacket right there? Just toss that up real... Remember when Dial used to be about that color? Oh, my. Man, make you want to not cuss again, amen? Some of us just never learned maybe, though, right? I know I didn't. I remember... When God found me, I never did drugs, never smoked pot, I've never done drugs, I never drank. I've only been with one woman in my life, and that's my wife. But when God found me, I had a horrible mouth. I'm talking, I was the best cusser in the world. (laughs) And when I got saved, people said, well, you're saved now, you've got to go tell people about Jesus, but they didn't tell me I had to have the power of the Holy Spirit with it. So I was... Not baptizing the Holy Spirit, telling people about Jesus, and this is how it would go. Hey, Jesus loves you, man. F-bomb. <laughs> he really, really loves you. F-bomb. <laughs> and I, it, and I, I, it took like two years for the light bulb to click. To think to myself, how bad does this really look? And I remember one day I went home, I knelt down at my bed, I said, God, this isn't right. I'm not getting up from here until I know that you've taken this from me. And I knelt there for three, four hours until I felt the release. See, that's sometimes what happens with us. We say, God, we come down to the altar, we kneel, we say, oh God, please take the smoking from me. And we go straight back out into the, to our car and we light back up. Because we said, well, God, did, I, I took it. I left it there at the altar. He didn't want to take it, so I guess I'm good. And we never wait for that release. And I remember I felt that release that I knew that he'd taken it from me. And I didn't cuss for 10 years. Until one day somebody busted all the windows out in my car. And then like 10 years of frustration got built up and I let it go. <laughs> It was like a half hour straight of Beth Balls. And I said, oh, 10 years, ah, oh, it's all gone. Thank God for God's grace, amen. amen. How many know that God wants to clean your act up for you? You can't do it on your own, amen. Go to the next one. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. I'm going to read this from the Amplified Version. That is why I remind you to stir up. what we need to do this morning. We need to stir up. I love what one translation says, it says practice. We need to stir up, practice the fire of God this morning. Look what it goes on. It says, that is why I remind you to stir up, rekindle the embers. Rekindle the, how many of you have ever had a charcoal before? And it doesn't, they look like they're getting a little white, but if you do a little bit of poking, what happens? It starts breaking up, and the fire starts coming up. So maybe this morning what we need a little bit is just a little bit of poke. Just a little bit of poking this morning, right? We just need God to come in with that poke and just start poking us to get that fire just burning this morning. How many know that maybe just a little bit of poke from God, maybe that might rekindle those embers in your heart this morning? See, that's the whole problem, though. Some of us don't like being poked. Is it okay? I'm going to just start walking around poking people this morning. Is that okay? Huh? We just need a little bit of poke from God this morning to stir that fire up this morning. Look what he says. Rekindle the embers of. A little bit of poking from God. And fan the flame of. How many of you have ever seen a bellow before? Raise your hand if you've ever seen a bellow. It's just like this thing that looks like it blows wind like this and you just pump it and the fire does what? It's bigger and brighter, doesn't it? Right? You just pump that and the fire just gets bigger and brighter. You would think that wind would put out fire. Wouldn't you think that automatically, Pastor Kurt? That's what I would think. 
You know, I would think that if you're blowing wind on fire, it's going to go out, but it's not that, it's not that way. And I want to tell you, my friends, that is what the wind of the Holy Spirit does. Come on. Do you remember what it says over there in the book of Acts chapter 2? We're going to get there in a few minutes. But it says over in the Acts chapter 2, it says that there was a mighty rushing wind. My friends, I want to tell you that the wind of the Holy Spirit will never put out the fire of God, but it will always make it bigger and brighter than what it is right now in your life. And he goes on, he says, the gracious gift of God. Do you know you have a gracious gift this morning? If you're baptized in the Holy Ghost this morning, you got a gracious gift. you got the fire of God in you. Look what it says. The gracious gift of God, the inner fire. Where's the fire of God at this morning? Huh? Where's that consuming fire? He's on the inside of me this morning. So my friends, how easy should it be to be walking in the fire of God if we have the inner fire in us? <laughs> Come on, right? Go to the next one. Luke chapter 24, verse 32. And it says that they said to one another, did not our hearts burn? Say burn with me. Burn within us while he talked with us and opened the scriptures to us. See, every day when you're in conversation with Jesus, your heart should be on fire for more of God. If you're wondering where the fire is at, I want to ask you, where's your conversation with him at? Woo! Come on now. That's some, I, I stepped on some toes there. Where's your conversation at with him? Because I want to tell you, if you have conversation with him, you should be on fire for him. You should feel that burning in your heart this morning with him and for him. Amen? It says, while he opened up the scriptures to us. Do you know why you open up the word of God? Where's your Bible at, Pastor? Do you know, as you open up the Word of God, it should set you on fire for Him. Right? You know, I see so many people open this up and they say, Pastor, you've probably seen this too. People will come to you and say, I open it up, I just don't understand it. You say it's supposed to talk to me. It's not saying nothing. My friends, maybe you just ain't listening. Because the Bible says the Word of God is living and active. It's speaking. You just ain't listening. Amen? Look what it says there. It says, did not our hearts burn within us? Listen, I don't think that these men were suffering from heartburn. Right? Mm. I don't think they were suffering from that. I don't think they needed some Tums. I think that they physically, Pastor, I don't think that Luke would have ever wrote this this way unless they physically felt a burning inside their spirit. They felt a physical, tangible burning inside their heart, burning in their soul for more of the resurrected Jesus Christ. That's what they were experiencing. That's what they had. So my friends want to ask you, is your heart burning for him this morning? Because this is what it's all going to come down to when 640 comes around tonight. How much is your heart burning for him? I'll let the Holy Ghost convict you from there. My friends, is your heart burning for more of him? As you talk to him, as he opens up the word of God to you, is your heart burning for more of him? Look at the next one real quick. Jeremiah 23, 29, is not my word like a fire. God's word is like a fire, my friends. If you want on fire for God, start reading the word of God. If you're not on fire for him, maybe you're not reading it. Huh? Right? Come on now. I believe how much we read the word of God is going to show the outward appearance of how much we're really on fire for God. You ever see new believers when they first get saved and they just eat up the word of God and they're like all gung-ho and like, whoa, I'm ready to just conquer the world. That's the kind of fire we need. We need some new believer fire is what we need. I remember when I first got baptized in the Holy Ghost, man, I was so on fire for God. I was going everywhere and anywhere to, to witness and to just, sometimes we need that new believer fire back. Amen. He says, it's not my word like a fire. Look at the next one here. Go to the next one. Jeremiah 20, verse 9. 
Then I said, I will make no mention of him, nor speak to him anymore in his name. He says, I will make no mention of him. I'm not going to talk about him no more. He says, I'm not going to mention him. I'm not going to speak about him. I'm not going to speak in his name. I'm done. How many of you have been there before? Come on. Come on, now you're in church. How many of you have been there before? Maybe, maybe somebody just said something really nasty to you. They said, I don't want to hear that God stuff. I don't want to hear that Jesus business. Keep that stuff to yourself. Take those scripture verses out of your cubicle. I'm turning you into HR. And what do we do? We start clamming up. We start freezing up and saying, okay, I'm sorry. I'm not going to do it no more. Lord, I'm feeling so persecuted right now. And we just clam and we're done. We're done. We're not, not going to mention them no more. They hurt my feelings. And we're done. We just don't do it anymore. I want to tell you something. There's people sitting here right now that that's happened to. You've been baptized in the Holy Ghost for 10, 20, 30 years, and you don't tell anybody about Jesus no more because your feelings were hurt. You don't like feeling uncomfortable. My friends, the Holy Ghost will comfort you. Come on. Don't, don't play that game with me that you don't want to feel uncomfortable about it. We need to be telling people about Jesus. Right? Listen, I want to tell you, Jeremiah knew what it was to feel persecuted. Right? Come on. Come on. Look what he says. I'm not going to mention it no more. They don't want to hear what I have to say. You know, history teaches us that Jeremiah was so persecuted for the message that he took that the men of that city picked him up on his side like this, had his feet sticking straight out like this, and they rammed his feet into the city gate and mangled his legs up. How good do you sound like you got it now? Huh? Sound like you got pretty good, right? Anybody suffering that kind of persecution right now? There should be no reason why we're not telling anybody about Jesus this morning, my friends. Not one reason. Amen? Amen. Now, if you were over in a third world country, I'd say, okay, you got to stay low key. But you ain't living like that here, my friends. There's no reason why we can't tell people about Jesus. Look what he goes on, he says here. But his word, come on, say his word. His word was in my heart like a burning fire. Come on, I know Jeremiah wasn't suffering from heartburn either, my friends. He says, his word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. My friends, God wants to set you so on fire this morning that you would try to hold it back, and you wouldn't be able to do it. That's how on fire God wants you this morning. That's how on fire God wants you this morning, that you would try to hold it back, and you couldn't do it. That's how on fire God wants you this morning. Come on now. Look at the next one. And his minister is a flame of fire. Now that word minister doesn't mean you have to be like Pastor Kurt and I and hold a credential card with the AG. Because that word is supposed to be translated servant. That's what that word is supposed to be translated as here in this verse. As servant. How many servants of God do I have in the room this morning? Come on. I'm on. Now, I don't see all the hands. Now, I see maybe like 75%. Servants. His servants should be a flame of fire. When people see you, they should see the fire of God. If you're a servant of God, people should see the fire of God in your life this morning. They should. They should see the fire of God. I remember hearing this story about Charles Finney. When he was preaching in New York one time, this factory owner had asked him to come and to see him at his office when he was in town. He said, sure. And the story goes as Charles Finney walked down this long corridor to get to the owner's office. Men and women started falling on his left and on his right and crying out for God to have mercy on their souls. And that God would save them. My friends, I'll tell you, God could do that right now in your life. You could go down aisle 12 in the cereal aisle up at Walmart right now and get the whole aisle saved. People should be able to see that kind of fire in your life this morning. Whether you're down at BP or wherever you go, people should see the fire of God in your life, and it should transfer to them and change them well, also as well. Amen? 
I remember uh, last year, my wife and I, we had went to uh, the minister's enrichment in, uh, at the uh, Bongiorno Center. And there was this little old lady there. She was an evangelist. Very well known. You probably have heard of her. Her name was Martha Tennyson. How many of you have ever heard of Martha Tennyson before? I'll tell you, what a fireball of a preacher. Man, I never saw anybody preach like that before. She's like in her 80s. And she told us this story about how her and her friend, who was well up in her 90s, just two little old ladies getting on a plane to go preach somewhere. She told us this story about how her and her friend got onto the plane, and after the plane had taken off, and they were in the air for about an hour, the stewardess walked over to Martha Tennyson, grabbed her on the shoulder and said, I just don't know what it is, but that little old lady sitting next to you makes me feel like I got to get right with God. I don't know what it is, but I feel like I got to get right right now with Him. I don't know what it is. Man, that's the kind of fire people should be able to see in your life. If God could do that with a little old lady, come on now. He could do that through you too. He could do it through this little child right here. He could do it through each and every one of us, my friends, if people would just see the fire of God in our lives. <clears throat> Look at the next one. I promise I'm finishing up here soon. Just jump down to the bottom. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with what? Fire. Baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. My friends, if you are filled with the Spirit, you got the fire of God this morning. And if you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, you're in a good place this morning because you're probably going to get it. But I want to ask you this morning, what good is it to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the fire of God in your life and not tell one person about Jesus? What good is it? Because that's what's going on in our Assembly of God churches. We have people sitting in the pews who have not told anybody about Jesus for years. And I understand. I know what it is. I know what it feels to feel insecure and walk up to somebody and feel rejected. I know what that feels like. That doesn't mean you'd have to stop doing it, my friends. You remember what it says? It says that the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. You remember that? That's over in John. You remember that? So don't worry about what to say. He's going to give you the words to say. But you need to be doing it, my friends. I want to tell you, if you were really taking this seriously, you guys would have to go into a... You guys have an overflow room here? No? I'm going to have to bust out some walls or something. Because that's what God should be able to do. You, each and every one of you should be so on fire for God that you're going to go out and tell people about Jesus and people start getting saved. Probably have to go back to two services. I don't know. But something could majorly happen. That's called revival, my friends. When the people of God get on fire for God, and there's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, revival will take place. I want to tell you, I remember back in the days, there was revival fire through here. I remember when I was younger. I just got saved and I remember it. I was telling Pastor Kurt that I remember one night there was an evangelist here, and it got out real late. And I stayed here till 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. There were people just laid out on the floor, just praying, just seeking God's face. And I left. I was working down here at Cansborough Shopping Safe. I was 18, 18, 19 years old. And I had to get up in the morning at 7 o'clock in the morning to be at work. So I left, went home, got some sleep, went to work, got done about 1 o'clock. And I can't even remember. Somebody called me up and said, hey, it's still going on. I went down here. And people were still sitting in the same spot as when I left. People were hungry for revival, friends. People were hungry for the, for the face of God, for, for the things of God this morning. Amen? My friends, we need the fire of God. Look at the next one. This is going to be our last one. Last one, I promise. Did I give you too much verses this morning? Look at this one. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one place in one accord. Do you know what will bring revival? A church that's in one place in one accord. Not no backbiting, no uh, you know, dissension, no gossiping. That's not going to bring revival, my friends. I believe you guys are right now, I'm thinking like right at the end of something major just happening here. I felt that from the first note that Adam played this morning. I felt like something's in the air. Something is going to happen. 
It goes on and it says here, And suddenly there came a sound of heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Go on. Then there appeared to them divided tongues of the fire, and one sat on each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. We need an outpouring this morning, my friends. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I want you to take a look at verse 3 there, and then I want you to stand to your feet real quick. And if I could have the worship team just start making their way up to the front. Just everybody stand to your feet real quick. Go ahead. Everybody in the house. I want you to stand to your feet real quick, and I want you to go ahead, and I want you to take your right hand, and I want you to stick it above your head like this. Now go ahead, and I want you to just go ahead and give me a pageant wave. Go ahead and give me a pageant wave. Look at Sharice if you don't know what a pageant wave is. She's got a perfect one down. She must have been in the pageant at one time. Just go ahead. Everybody in the house, just give me a pageant wave. Come on. It says here that on the day of Pentecost, there appeared divided tongues of fire. And it was on each and every one of them. So they were looking in a room of 120 people with their hair on fire. Can you imagine what the day of Pentecost looked like? Can you imagine? Come on. Now, I want you to go ahead. Keep doing that. And I want you to look around the room at everybody. Keep doing that. Don't look silly. Don't worry about looking silly because everybody else is doing it too. Go ahead. Come on. Just look around the room. Can you imagine on the day of Pentecost in a room of 120 people seeing their hair on fire? Come on. But this is what it tells me, my friend. You can stop. This is what it tells me. That on the day of Pentecost, they saw the fire. They witnessed the fire. They experienced the fire. And my friends, that's what happens when an outpouring of God happens. Come on, I'm going to say it one more time. We need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We need a fresh Pentecost this morning. We need the fire of God. And when we see it, we're going to see it in each and every one of our lives this morning. Amen. Come on, I want you to just extend your hands right now. Come on, lift your hands. The Bible says, may the lifting up of our hands be as the evening sacrifice. Come on, just lift your hands up to him right now. See what you're doing right now, saying, Lord, here I am. I'm submitting. I'm a sacrifice. Set me on fire. I want to tell you, if you ever look in the Old Testament, anytime there was a sacrifice, there was always fire that accompanied it. My friends, the Bible says over in Romans chapter 12 that you are a living sacrifice. My friends, God wants to set you on fire this morning. We don't have to have goats and bulls no more. You're the sacrifice. You're the living sacrifice that God wants to set on fire this morning. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to check us out on the web at centralconnect.org.